Welcome to the Give and Go podcast, and my name is Kelton Brooks, and I'm here to give you these straight facts and opinions, and you just have to go with it. Now, forgive me for being a little bit under the weather today, but who is a lot more, right? Who's more sicker than I am is the San Antonio Spurs, because again, the Spurs have lost their best player in Kawhi Leonard, and from my reports, he might not be ready for game two against the Golden State Warriors. Who came back down from 25 points. Spurs led 75 to 52 at one point in time. But again, Kawhi Leonard injured his ankle. Now, this is the same Kawhi Leonard who injured his ankle against the Houston Rockets on May 9th, I believe, which was about six days ago, less than a week ago. And he hurt it, he hurt his ankle twice in a five-minute span. First, he stepped on his teammates' foot in David Lee. And then on a three-point attempt. He was guarded by Zaza Pachulia, and Zaza slid his foot on, under Kawhi as he was taking the shot. Now, a lot of people have said the slide under effect, the slide under, um, or as I call it, the, the scoop foot, the scoop foot, the scooting of the foot was intentional. And if you look at the replay, after the ball left Kawhi's hand, Zaza was slowly inching his foot, you know, towards Leonard's uh, injured ankle and it looked like it was done purposeful but I cannot definitively say it was done purposeful but I mean this is the same Golden State team with Draymond Green um, on his roster this is the same Draymond who, who in April admitted that he punched James Harden's wrist on purpose because he knew James Harden's wrist was injured now this said this scuffle happened because James Harden pinched him and then he retaliated by punching him in his wrist. But he knew Harden had an injured wrist. And I didn't even mention Draymond Green out here um, pipe-punching people. Yeah, you, you shouldn't be out here pipe-punching people um, um, at all. But, again, the Warriors were down by 23, 25 points. And yet, the Spurs still had a chance to tie it. Late on a corner three-pointer from Marcus Aldridge. And this is a game where both was Steph had 40, Durant had 34. And they still only won by two points. And they almost coughed the game up at the end after Klay Thompson lost the ball. Um, as Golden State took a five-point lead with less than um, a minute to play in the game. Now, Leonard was hurt at around the seven-minute mark in the Third quarter, I believe, because the Spurs led by 20 points at halftime. And as soon as Leonard got hurt, the Spurs went on an 18-0 run. And I believe Steph Curry scored 19 points in the third quarter. Yes, that is correct. He had 19 points in the third quarter. And Durant Durant had a slow start to the game. He only had 14, somewhere around 14 points at halftime. But just going back to the Zaza incident. Now, there's a video also floating around on Twitter about a past altercation, or I should say altercation, a past um, scuffle between Zaza and Leonard. Now, this was when Zaza was still in Dallas, playing for the Dallas Mavericks, and both Kawhi and Zaza was going for a loose ball, and as Kawhi was reaching down for the ball, 
Zaza grabbed Kawhi's arm and was still holding on to his arm. It looked like what Kelly Olenek was did to Kevin Love in the playoffs two years ago, where Kelly Olenek learned that pull the arm out the socket, the socket technique from him. He learned that from Zaza Pachulia. So putting the arm out the socket and dislocating it, that is a move that was mastered by Zaza and Kelly Olenek took it one step further. So there has been some past incident that shows that players like Zaza and, or, or Draymond or, or Kelly Olenek, they have done plays like this um, in the past. So was it intentional? I mean, I mean, you just cannot come into the game and not think or realize that everyone in the Golden State franchise Heck, even the janitors, everyone in that franchise coming to the game knew that Kawhi Leonard had an injured ankle. Everyone. So you mean as a competitor, they wouldn't go out there and do anything? They wouldn't do anything to bother Kawhi Leonard? It's the same Kawhi Leonard who was killing them in the first half with 18 first, the 18 first half points, killing the Golden State. The last time we've seen two healthy Teams play between Golden State and San Antonio. San Antonio spanked them twice. We're talking about the first game of the season between the Spurs and Golden State. And the Spurs just wiped them off the floor. And from then on in, both teams began to, you know, sit specific players to not have one of those dynamite matchups again. But in game one, when both teams were healthy to start the game, the Spurs were again killing Golden State. But as soon as Kawhi went down, Go to state came up, and that's the Kawhi effect. That's why he is a MVP candidate. But yes, like again, you cannot believe that either one of those teams, I'm sorry, not either one of those teams, you cannot believe that Golden State did not know Kawhi Leonard was injured. I mean, Kawhi Leonard sat out in the game six elimination to um, the game six elimination win over the Houston Rockets. So the Warriors knew Kawhi Leonard had a gimpy and bum ankle. So what do you do with that? You force him to, you know, make moves off the ankle and or you do what Zaza did. You do a little slide and slick move to try to not injure, but put some um pain to that ankle and the scooting of the foot worked perfectly because Kawhi landed right down on his injured ankle and he did not return to the game. So he really injured his ankle three times in the last week. And expecting him to play in game two will be asking a lot of Kawhi. But this is the playoffs. And we saw it in the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Toronto Raptors um, series when Kyle Lowry had to miss games um, three or four, but to be a sweep. Either way, even if um, Kyle Lowry would have played, the game would have been a sweep anyway. But Leonard, he is a bona fide superstar in his league and what he's arguably the number two and number three player in all of basketball. So he plays a vital part in the Spurs way to a championship. So they need him to come out on the court and play. Because if they don't if they cannot get a game two victory, they can wait to bring Kawhi back in game three and hopefully he's able to play as they return back to San Antonio with more days in between to give Kawhi more rest and more treatment on his injured ankle that he can come back if not at 100%, maybe 80 to 90% in game three um, at home in, in San Antonio. And to beat Golden State, the Spurs will need a healthy Kawhi Leonard. 
or for someone to um, knock down Zaza. I like to give and go. Again, you are listening to the Give and Go podcast with Kelton Brooks. Now, as the Western Conference Finals is already underway between the Golden State Warriors and San Antonio Spurs, we have a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference, Eastern Conference semis between the Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics have Game 7 at home, and neither team have won on the road in this series. It's been a, a really good series. Despite some of the blowouts, the games really have been competitive um, in each end, each and every game. And it's been some star power between John Wall and Bradley Beal and Isaiah Thomas and, and Al Ford. And even Avery Bradley lately, who's been giving um, the Celtics a much-needed boost on offense. Now, to talk more about that, I want to bring in Jasmine Brown, who is a reporter for the Maryland Terrapins and is a writer for the DMV Sports Plus. I believe she knows everything in Washington. So I would like to bring in Jasmine Brown to talk about that Washington Wizards and Boston Celtics Game 7. Big Washington person, you are in the DMV area. You cover the Maryland Terrapin Athletics. And then, I've, of course, follow you on Twitter. You are everything Wizards today. And and as we've seen in this series, no team has won on the road. Um, why should mm-hmm. we expect something different in Game Seven? Um, I I think that the momentum that was displayed in Game Six uh, for the Wizards, I, I feel like for that reason they should have the advantage. Um, although the Celtics have come back in the first two games, all you know while the Wizards were up. Um, I feel like this is a different game. Uh, I think the Wizards were, I think they broke that 0-10 of uh, home games, elimination games. Um, so I feel like, you know, that's a stat right there that they broke. Now teams are 1-10 in uh, home elimination games. So they should take that momentum and carry that to game seven um, tonight against Celtics. So talk me a little bit about, more about John Wall. Of course, John Wall hit that big-time three-pointer at the end of Game 6. And I can't say this has been a coming-out party for John Wall because I feel like gradually he's been becoming one of the top players in the East and one of the top point guards in the NBA. Um, so do you feel like he's the best player on the court um, in the series, even with Isaiah Thomas out there? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, people are just now saying that he is the best, but around this area we've known that for a while. Um yeah, he, you know, putting putting up 40 points um, in, in this series and, and also against the Atlanta Hawks. Him and Bill are a very underrated duo. Uh, they're putting up, you know, 48, 48 points. Uh, looks like we lost Jazz right there, but we will get her right back on the line. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. Just said, yeah, I don't know that. what happened. <laughs> All right, so we'll keep it going. But like you said, John Wall. You do feel like he's one of the better players right here um, in this series. Yes. Um, yes, yeah, like I was saying before, um, John Wall you know, is putting up 40 points um, in the series with this series and the Atlanta Hawks series. And, and you know, comparing him with the uh, the Rockets, you know, John, James Harden could have stepped up um, against the Spurs in their, in their uh, game at home. But it didn't happen. They laid a goose egg. But... That three-pointer that John Wall made solidified that he is one of one of the best. And, you know, you saw the clip of Markeith Morris smacking, you know, Stephen A. <laughs> behind 
um, you know, when he asked, when Stephen A. was asked about John Wall being one of the top, he said, you know, H no. But, you know, I think that right there in front of Stephen A.'s face probably gave him, you know, oh, I messed up when I said that, that uh, let line for John Wall. Right. Here's my thing on John Wall. I do think he's a phenomenal player and a phenomenal point guard. I do think he is a all-star in his league. I'm just not ready to say he's a superstar player in this league. And a lot of people say he's the second-best player in the East behind LeBron, but I still feel like the top two players in the East play for the same team. And, of course, that's LeBron and Kyrie. It's just my little uh, thing on that. So, I guess what would you rank the Wall and Bill um, duo right now in the playoffs, and I posted that as a as a poll quest as a poll question on Twitter. Have LeBron and Kyrie, Durant and Curry, Kawhi and Aldridge, then Wall and Beal. I guess what would you rank them in that um fourth one? Uh, I I might have to put them maybe third, but I won't put them too far from second. Um, of course. Personally, for me, I would choose LeBron and Kyrie just for comfort. Um, they are they have much more playoff experience uh, together. Um, you know, seeing as how they've both been to um, you know two back to back NBA Finals, um, but um, they're they're a sleeper duo, uh, John Wall and and and, um, and Bill. They they're very very sleeper. They put up a lot of points. They put up a lot of percentage of the points that the Wizards make. Uh, they do a good job of carrying the load that the bench lacks, and they 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 did they, they just do it. You know, they're they're on the court and they do it effortlessly. And you've seen it in this series, especially against the Atlanta Hawks. They they put on a show um, in that series, and I think people have caught on to it a little too late. But uh, going into the next season, I should ex- I, I should expect them to step it up a lot more, um, as well as the bench as well. But those two right there, that, that's a that that should be a, a a combo that people should really be looking out for uh, next season. Again, you're listening to the Give and Go podcast. We have Jasmine Brown on the line. She writes for the DMV Sports Plus. Now, the the Celtics and the Wizards, they have not been shy to say they do not like each other whatsoever. And I shouldn't say, I shouldn't call it cute, but I think it's cute that they are bickering back and forth to show that, you know, how much, well, I guess to show the dislike amongst each other. But can any one of them really be a threat to Cleveland with, you know, with whoever be the winner of Game 7? Right now, uh... It's a chance. Everybody has a possibility of winning a series. The the main thing right now is the fact that Cleveland is well rested. They are just relaxing and having a drink and you know living it up right now while the Wizards and Celtics are battling for a spot in uh, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but I, I feel I feel like um. The, I, I feel like the Celtics might have an advantage because of their their bench has has been playing better as of late um, than the Wizards' bench, and I feel like at some point in time, you know, relying on John Wall or Bill can kind of run out. Um, 
But I, I feel like if for the Wizards, that one game that when it's overtime after LeBron shot that game time three, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a matchup that people will really want to see. Um, that that right there was a, a playoff like game, right. and I think people will want to see. I think people want to see John Wall and Kyrie. Um, more than Isaiah and Kyrie, I, I, I think personally. Right now, I, I think people, would. people were talking about that matchup for a long time, and I think people will really want to see John Wall and Kyrie go at it. That'll that'll be a great, great um, uh, playoff Eastern Con- Conference Finals matchup right there. I feel like you're probably gonna already answer this next question. So I guess give me a prediction and score and and one winner. Uh, for tonight. Yes. Ugh, I will say I, I, I'll give two. Uh, being a homer, I will give the Wizards the win uh, 93-89. to um, But realistically, just looking at how neither team has won on the road, I'll give the Celtics the win uh, maybe 103-97. to 97. Okay, so we flip back and forth. All right, so switching, switching up gears to another question, I'll end it off with this one. Of course, Kawhi Leonard got injured again, and that's what I led the podcast off with, was talking about that game between the Warriors and the Spurs. And a lot of people have felt that Zaza's, what I've been calling the scoot foot, scooting his foot under the um, falling Kawhi Leonard was an intentional move to injure him. Do you feel like it was something in, in, intentional and purposeful to injure him? Uh, personally, I I have not seen it. I haven't seen the the play, but I've seen a lot of uh, feedback from both sides. Um, of course, Spurs fans are saying that Josh um, is a dirty player. But uh, honestly, I wouldn't. From my take and knowing how Josh is, I don't think he is a dirty player. And again, Kawhi has been struggling with that ankle anyway, so. Any wrong move for him, he's 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 down. But I think with I think the, with the, with the Warriors, um, they I know Draymond was one time talking about how Cleveland have it easy, but these past three years being against teams who have one of their star players injured, so right. you know it's yes, it, it, Kawhi even even with him being healthy. Oh, I mean, even with him being in, he still was nursing a recent ankle injury. So I don't think it was dirty, but uh, his actions just helped the cause of the Warriors possibly advancing to another another finals. Again, you're listening to the Give and Go podcast. Well, Jasmine, I thank you for joining me again. I'm sure we will do this many more times, many more times in uh, – I mean, a feature, especially when football season comes along, we can talk about your Cowboys. All righty. Thank you very much. I like to give and go.